This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. This is Hammett. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash Podcast. Um, how are you? You know what? I can't complain, Hemant. I finally Excellent. got a haircut. I'm very excited you. about that. Congrats. How are you? I'm okay. I was working for the past like hour or so on a crazy story that I want to talk about first because uh, I have not seen this reported anywhere in Ooh. the U.S. media. So uh, check this out. The Jehovah's Witnesses have a policy called disfellowshipping. Um, Scientologists have something similar. Uh, I think to a lesser extent, Mormons have it as well. But basically, if you are part of their faith, but then you choose to leave it for whatever reason, they don't just, they're not just like not happy with you. They actively shun you. Um, so if you're an ex-Jehovah's Witness and you're about to get married, your parents are not going to come to your wedding if they belong to the faith. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the thinking behind this is that if we don't have any role in your life anymore because you're an ex-Jehovah's Witness, you're going to come crawling back to us in the future. Right. So disfellowshipping people is kind of their way to guilt trip you into coming back. Right. Well, a few years ago, a man in Belgium sued the Jehovah's Witnesses for this practice, basically saying that actually violates our anti-discrimination laws because they don't just say, you know, don't do it in a pressure sort of way. They actively say there's like something inherently wrong with you. That is the thinking that the religion teaches you. Uh-huh. And I don't, that would not fly in the United States. Religion can allow you to get away with just about anything. Mm-hmm. But for a while, this has been going back and forth in Belgium. But this week they issued a ruling on the matter and a Belgian court basically fined the Jehovah's Witnesses 12,000 euros. And actually, I've heard some stories that say because of a legal thing that's not important, it's actually more like 96,000 euros for inciting hate against people who have walked away from the religion. They violated you know, the anti-discrimination laws of Belgium, which is insane to hear any judge say like in a, wow, I can't believe they actually did that sort of way. Here's what the judge said. The association, the Jehovah's Witnesses, propagates the exclusion policy to its local faith communities and thereby jeopardizes many pillars of our fundamental rights. At no point 
did the religions did the religious community consider the very adverse consequences for the victims? Dot dot dot. Religious rules are not above the law in our society, which is amazing because I can't remember ever hearing a court in the U.S. saying religious groups cannot get away with whatever it wants. <laughs> right. So it's like insane. One of the plaintiffs in the case actually said to the judge. Um, she was, she's, I think in her mid sixties now, Mm -hmm. she said, I was kicked out when I was 21 because I liked someone who was outside the faith Mm -hmm. and they basically kicked her. I don't know how serious that was, but she said, they label you as a perpetrator when you are actually the victim. Families are torn apart by that imposed impossible choice between family and God. And Amazing that that actually happened. Uh, just to add a couple other points to this, um, it's first of all ninety six thousand euro. Even if that's what the fine is, mm-hmm. is nothing right. for a religious organization. That's a drop in like the ocean. It's <laughs> nothing. Now here's the question: Will the Jehovah's Witnesses have thirty days to appeal the ruling? They say they are considering that. If they are stupid enough to appeal the ruling. Because they don't want to let any judge get away with this. Uh-huh. Then, and I've actually heard some of the one of the plaintiffs say, like, please, please appeal. Because they can kick it up to a higher court, maybe like the European Union courts. Oh. Because then this sort of ruling could apply beyond just like Belgium or whatever. So they're kind of hoping the Jehovah's Witnesses keep fighting this. Um, for what it's worth, the Jehovah's Witnesses have responded exactly as you would expect. They're like, we didn't do anything wrong. You're the like, you're making it a crime to read and follow what the Bible teaches. You hate to see it. Uh-huh, which can be used to justify anything. Mm-hmm. They also cited in a one-page statement, they cited a professor who said the government shouldn't be interfering in the decisions made by adults. But the problem, basically saying these are these are kind of like adults who made their decisions right. because uh, just because some people decide I want to basically blacklist my own family members, you don't have to like it, but that's their decision. But the problem with that, as many of the former Jehovah's Witnesses pointed out, is they are baptized into the faith before they are legally adults. Sure. So they're being punished for leaving the faith because they were baptized into it. They're being punished for a decision they made before they were legally old enough to make that decision for themselves. Right. So don't pretend like we had total control over this and like we left and now we have to face the consequences and we don't like it. That's not true. Like we were baptized into this as kids. Stop punishing us for that. Can can you help me understand? So is what they're... um, what they're are they saying the Jehovah's Witnesses as a group cannot blacklist individuals? The way they do it by not just saying we don't associate with former members of the faith. I think they, I mean, again, this is breaking and I haven't seen a lot of coverage of it. So the nuances are are not going to be here. Uh-huh. But I don't think they're just saying don't associate with people who are not part of the faith, which they could probably, which they could probably get away with. Mm-hmm. What they're saying is 
there is something inherently wrong with those people who have left the faith, uh, and you should absolutely not. Like, it's putting a black mark on a certain group of people in a way that goes into discrimination, and not just, we have some religious rules you have to obey. Okay. If you're if you're gay and you're Catholic, you must be celibate. Mm-hmm. That's not discrimination. They're saying, this is kind of our policy. This is our policy. Mm-hmm. You don't have to like it, but that's what we are saying. That's not something... Uh, they're getting that, that's not a problem for the courts uh-huh. that's gotcha. just a religious rule you don't have to abide by it if you don't want to follow the faith this goes beyond that so i think that's the reason this is such a big deal and again it's small potatoes right now we're talking very little money it's not going to affect the jehovah's witnesses but symbolically it's a big deal and it could be a bigger deal if they want to keep fighting this so i don't know it's one of those uh this could be big and it's there's finally a result. It's not just people fighting in court over something. I think a lot of people assume court's just going to throw it out. They're not going to issue anything, any ruling on this. Nope, they did. So wow, yeah, that's really surprising. We would that is not a thing that can or will happen in the U.S. anytime yeah. soon. <laughs> um, let's talk since we brought it up here. Let's talk about the Catholic Church this week because uh, they issued a statement. Ooh. They issued a statement this week basically reminding everybody the church is not okay with same-sex marriage. Um, Do you have any idea what sparked this? Yeah. Um, (laughs) What happens, there's a part of the Vatican called the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, which is better known as the part of the Vatican that did the Inquisition. (laughs) And basically, they were just responding to a question that was proposed. Someone asked, does the church have the power to give the blessing to unions of persons of the same sex? Mm -hmm. And basically, it's one of those uh, people are asking this. We just want to settle the question, like in an official capacity. Mm -hmm. And here's the response. Negative. That is the entirety of of their official response, and then there's a very long, like, footnote. The word negative? (laughs) The word negative. Okay. Yeah. Then there's an explanatory note, basically saying everything you read in the catechism still applies. We still believe homosexual acts are, quote, intrinsically immoral and contrary to the natural law, and that homosexual tendencies are objectively disordered. Um, that's in the catechism. That's in the Catholic Church's rule book. They basically said, yeah, just look at the rules. We're still not cool with your gay marriage. We don't care. I'm saying this. There's the church is saying, we don't care what Pope Francis has said. We know he has said in some interviews, he supports civil unions, which Mm -hmm. is the legal rights for gay couples. Mm -hmm. But the church is not blessing your relationships. We still oppose it. Um, here's specifically what the Vatican said. It is not licit, it's not okay, to impart a blessing on relationships or partnerships, even stable, that involves sexual activity outside of marriage. Blah, blah, blah. It's not ordered to the creator's plans. And then they added, uh, God, quote, does not and cannot bless sin. Which Mm. is kind of weird to hear from the Catholic Church, because if anyone knows about sinning and being able to get away with that like yeah once again we we find ourselves in the catholic church with like this very laser-like focus on the gay community in spite of the fact that the bible says very little about about the fact that it's a sin like 
it got they're really gonna cling to this one until the whole ship goes down huh yeah they have so many opportunities to say look we've been misinterpreting right it. uh god god wasn't wrong but man was wrong. they could have they could have done it and as so is, many christian denominations have and the thing is i think if they had done it like that of like oh we just found these new dead sea scrolls that say something <laughs> different and i genuinely think that like 90 percent of the world would like do the thing you do to little kids of like oh you did okay well then we can start then okay then we will let gay people get married in the catholic church that sounds like i don't think they would get that much push pushback that everyone would be like okay well who cares how you got here but you're you've arrived in the right. 21st century the dead sea scroll everyone the little scrap of paper says not sorry everybody <laughs> oh Missed shoot it. god hates figs <laughs> remember that I know we've said this before, 73% of practicing Catholics, uh, at least in the U.S., Mm -hmm. say they support same-sex marriage. You said 70... 73% of practicing American Catholics say they are fine with it. I mean, again, if you want to say those people are not real Catholics, you can, but just realize you're saying that to the vast majority of people who actually line the pews and donate money to the church... Um, but it's another reminder that the secular world is a more moral place. It has mm-hmm. higher moral standards than the Catholic Church, which I know I'm a broken record on this. If you are a practicing Catholic at some point, why do you still support them? Why do you still give them money when this is the way they are treating the easiest moral questions of our time? Right. Like you have a choice. I know there are things beyond belief in God and a um, like inherent love for the church because it was a part of your life growing up. I know there are things that draw people to the Catholic Church that go beyond. I believe in this stuff, right? But at some point, what's the deal breaker for you if it's not stuff like this? Clearly, it's not sexual abuse scandals. Right. It's, it's not the stance on marriage equality. It's not their denial that trans people exist. Right? Like, at what point do you decide it's gone too far? Because all of these people who are still Catholic, like. They're proud of it, and they shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Well, and what's, what's kind of interesting that's happened, and I'm curious what the sort of uh, the fallout of this is going to be, um, because apparently there's a group of Roman Catholic priests in Austria, I think. Yeah, Austria. Um, and they and I can't find their name for some reason, but they're a group that um, is basically pro-gay rights within the, the Catholic by religion? I believe it's called the Parish Priests Initiative. Um, but I think you're right. They they are fighting to say we're cool with it mm-hmm. and we're priests. Like we're fine with gay oh, marriage. Parish, yeah. So- um, but again, it's I don't know what power they have. They can do all this stuff where they're like, we let gay members into our church. We let gay couples in our church. We'll give them communion, but, which is such but low-hanging fruit. Didn't this kind of happen with Southern Baptists that they sort of broke in half? Was it Southern Baptists or um, was somebody the else? The Methodist Church Methodist is currently church. going through a schism over a similar thing that, weirdly enough, has been delayed by COVID. The schism has been postponed for a little longer. <laughs> All right, guys, stay in your spots. Mark where you're standing. We'll come back in a year. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, these these guys said, uh, we, the member of the Parish Priests Initiative, I guess I could have found that uh, title if I'd looked a little harder, are deeply appalled by the new Roman decree that seeks to prohibit the blessing of same-sex couples, which I don't know if that's an accurate statement. It's not a new decree. It's just like a reminder, right? Yeah, it's a reminder. Um, this is a relapse into times we had hoped to overcome with Pope Francis. We will, in solidarity with so many, not reject any loving couple in the future who asks to celebrate God's blessing, which they experience every day, also in a worship service. Like That's fine. Have solidarity with same-sex couples. But again, just to be clear, those couples will not be allowed to like have a wedding in the Catholic Church, which is the Catholic Church's prerogative. Right. But let's not pretend like these priests... These priests are saying, we oppose the bigotry of our church. By the way, we are going to remain in our church. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, I know what side you're on. I don't care what you say. Um, You're not changing it. And I don't get the love for Pope Francis here. I know he has said nice things rhetorically about gay people. Who am I to judge? All that sort of stuff. Um, There was... In the list of things that didn't age well, there was a cover of the LGBTQ publication, uh, The Advocate, years ago when he was first elected. And he said the who am I to judge thing where they announced him like ally of the year or something Uh like person of the year in the gay community is Pope Francis. Uh It's like, dude, what? And that was the reaction from everybody at the time. (laughs) Um, But again, he's right there with them. This is what he supports. He's the one saying, no, gay marriage is not okay in the church. Right. He will, but that's not what he says out loud. He'll say, gay people are awesome. Dude, go ahead. Finish the sentence. Mm-hmm. Nope, he's gone. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he is not your friend here. He's not good on this issue. Well, and, and the I- people who want to like him are prone to say, no, he's cool with it. No, he's not. And I understand the instinct of if you have spent your life or your adult life trying to reconcile your sexuality, which is a part of you and absolutely natural, with your religious beliefs, as soon as, you know, Pope Francis kind of cracked the door that, like, I don't think gay people should be murdered in this street, they're like, yes, finally, fine, and just are, like, grabbing everything they can, but they're, I mean... And I, I get it. Like, if, if, if your Catholicism is important to you, it must be extremely troubling to be reminded day after day and week after week that, like, oh, you're actually super not wanted here. So it makes sense that they saw... If I think... I wonder if they were just trying to, like, strong-arm Pope Francis. Is like, hey, everyone loves you. Uh, you should love gay people, too. Like, we're going to throw you a parade. You want to you wanna endorse gay people as existing? That would be so great. But, yeah, it's... No. Nope. Uh, and nope. I think I, I can't I, I am willing to guess that post Pope Francis, whenever we lose him or he steps down, I do not think we will get another like cool liberal pope. I bet we're going to go back. I bet the pendulum is going to swing a little bit back towards more, mm-hmm. a more conservative pope. So I I think if if we if Pope Francis has kind of driven the nail into that coffin so to speak i do not think we're going to see much movement from he's the catholic like the church joe mansion of the catholic church like sometimes he's just he kind, like that he kind of does the right thing so you tolerate him but like at the end of the day he's not really your friend yeah and like it's a lot of you scratch my back i'll scratch yours but maybe i won't and also i think the filibuster is cool so <laughs> I don't think I don't think Pope Francis has as strong an opinion on the filibuster, though. <laughs> oh my God, we're so screwed. <laughs> um, Charlie Kirk 
Remember there was a Falkirk Center at Liberty University and it was the dumbest thing ever created? Uh-huh. Um, the Falkirk Center for Faith and Liberty was created by Jerry Falwell Jr. and Charlie Kirk, the conservative uh, activist, and they named it after themselves because they're, they're very cocky. Uh, the Falkirk Center. Mm. And then Jerry Falwell had a scandal of all crazy kinds and mm-hmm. then it's like, okay, he's gone. We've covered that story to death. Um, but also, why is it still called the Falkirk Center? Because fall is gone. Uh-huh. Well, guess what they did this week? They the basically K- made the Kirk it Kirk public. Center. <laughs> they announced this week, oh, yeah, a while back we decided to fire Charlie Kirk. We didn't tell anybody this publicly, but uh, we did. We didn't renew his contract for another year. That's the that's the way they phrased it. We didn't renew his contract. We are basically going in another direction, which means of Fall and Kirk, neither are part of it. Are they renaming it? Um, yes, they are. The Fall Kirk Center will now be known. Wait for it. Mm-hmm. The Standing for Freedom Center. Oh, my God. Do they get a boner every time they say the word freedom? Yes. I can't believe they did not add the word family to it. I know. So they took like this unique stupid name and they replaced it with a very generic stupid Mm -hmm. name. But also... It's going to be terrible on SEO. Like they need to talk to marketing (laughs) professionals before they pull shit like this. How do you have a think tank with the dumbest people and then say, we can't have you here? Okay. Somehow that made it smarter. How do you have a think tank that loses <laughs> its namesakes and it gets better? Okay, I have an important question, yeah. um, and it might belie my ignorance, but what is a think tank? What is a Liberty University think tank or a regular think tank? I would take an answer to either. Okay, I'll answer your question. Because they but both first, sound me... like rich white people bullshit. <laughs> let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Can you think of anything the Falkirk Center has accomplished in the uh, year and a half since people since they've existed? Uh, they managed to make two human beings disappear. <laughs> That so, is the only good thing they've done. That might be proof of God. So they haven't they I as far as I can tell, they've they've posted some memes on <laughs> Facebook. Um Well so do I. Am I yeah, a think tank? You you are. They've <laughs> uh also created a new resume uh booster on a bunch of right wing names. And according uh to reporting that was done by Politico, I believe, uh they funneled money to Donald Trump's campaign uh, last year. Sure. Which is not a thing think tanks can do. Anyway, regular think tanks as they exist, which is a elitist kind of terminology for what groups do but basically there are right-wing left-wing think tanks who basically say for example you know uh how can we fix poverty how can we do that i'll give you an example of that um some of them might say we want to uh do a universal basic income Mm -hmm. let's give everyone a set amount of money but in order to tell politicians you should do this, sure, you could have researchers who actually do an experiment with it, but think tanks actually do the work of saying, this is what it would look like if you did this. This is, we have spent months 
hashing out what would happen if you passed a universal basic income. We've uh-huh. written a paper on it with all the details a politician might want, and they will try to get that to the politicians at the state level, at the national level, basically saying, look, we've done all the work for you if you have any questions about it. We're not an advocacy group per se. We're saying we care about this issue. We know everything about it inside and out. So mm-hmm. if you have questions on poverty or climate change or any issue you could think of, Come to us. We have the experts here. Would one solution for poverty be don't funnel money towards stupid, pointless projects and give it to people who need to eat? Um, Yes, you should start a think tank. (laughs) Um, But again, that's what most think tanks kind of do. They produce these papers. They have these experts who basically get paid to advance the work of the cause they are supporting. Mm. And think tanks inherently are not good or bad. It depends on who they're bringing on board. Uh, Where are they getting their money from? Like, is there inherent bias to what they're doing? I don't know. It depends. There are good ones and bad ones. But the Liberty University one did not produce any white papers, Mm -hmm. like just in examining some policy decision. They didn't publish any like in peer-reviewed publications. There were no articles. Like if you go to their website, good luck finding a list of all the stuff they accomplished. (laughs) Um, And now Liberty University, which I want to just reiterate, it promotes creationism, it censors student journalists, it gave a giant stage to the MyPillow guy, they've now decided uh, the affiliation with Charlie Kirk and Jerry Falwell is kind of embarrassing, so they (laughs) don't want to do that anymore. This far, no further. Yeah. So uh, hilarious to me that Charlie Kirk got kicked out of a think tank named for Charlie Kirk. Uh, I I also love this, like, that these people are so obsessed with rallying against cancel culture and <laughs> all they fucking do is cancel shit. Yeah, they cancel each other. It's great. <laughs> it's great. Um, do you know CNN anchor Don Lemon? I do. Yeah, he came out with a book this week. I don't know what it's about, but he was on The View promoting it. And, of course, they're asking him about current events. And they asked him, the ladies of The View asked Don Lemon, hey, what do you think about the Catholic Church uh, and what they said about same-sex relationships and not endorsing it? Uh, Don Lemon is gay. He's in a same-sex marriage. And here's what he said. Tell me if anything in here sounds bad to you. The Catholic Church and many other churches really need to re-examine themselves and their teachings because that's not what God is about, dot, dot, dot. I would say to the Pope and the Vatican and all Christians or Catholics, go out and meet people and try to understand people and do what the Bible and what Jesus actually said, if you believe in Jesus, and that is to love your fellow man and to basically judge, not uh, lest you not be judged, whatever the phrasing is. No, you didn't actually, yeah. Um, So that's kind of what he said. Not really controversial. He said some version of it before. It's a very like, if you're Christian, then be nicer. That's kind of his shtick. It's very like anodyne, and I don't actually care for the religious part of it, but whatever. There's nothing wrong with what he said. You would think most people listening to that would say, yeah, if we're Christian, we should be less judgmental. That's what our faith teaches, whatever. So the Illinois Family Institute, a Christian hate group, are they got furious mm. at what Don Lemon said. So mad. Because he said, we should love our fellow man. And that, how dare you say that's what Jesus said. I can't said. think of anything worse. Yeah, they're so mad at this idea of tolerance. Here's what I'm going to quote. 
With pomposity, scorn, and nastiness, leftists regularly judge theologically orthodox Christians. If Christians believe what God's word says about sexuality, they are called ignorant, intolerant, hateful bigots, or worse. Um, basically, it boiled down to how dare you tell us to stop being intolerant of our intolerance mm-hmm, sort of mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, uh, this is a really good look. <laughs> how do you, the how optics do you have, of this are so good. <laughs> how do you have a Christian saying, we should all be nicer because that's what Jesus taught us to do. And then you have a right-wing group saying, hey, that is not what our religion <laughs> teaches. Like, man, that is It's so embarrassing. Like, it's all just self-owns. It's so fucking, like... They say that, like, oh, liberals are offended by a rapist skunk or whatever, and they're like, you told me to love people? How fucking dare you? Oh, Don't it's cancel so... God like that. <laughs> it's stupid. Um, let's talk about this Georgia massage parlor shooter. I know there's a lot we still don't know about the guy, but what's coming out about him um, is... That he, uh, as far as this podcast is concerned, Mm -hmm. he was, as far as we know, pretty involved with his church community. Mm -hmm. You cannot blame the shooting on the guy's, like, lack of religion. Right. Um, You could say lack of morality, sure. But it wasn't a lack of religion. Just to go over some of the details that have come out, uh, the Daily Beast quoted somebody he went to high school with who said he was always into God. This is the quote from the Daily Beast, from the anonymous... Uh, student. His father was a youth minister or pastor. He was big into religion, speaking of the shooter. Mm-hmm. A neighbor of the family told the Washington Post, they come across as a good Christian family. The family attended a church in Milton, Georgia called uh, Crab Apple First Baptist Church, which describes itself as an autonomous local church that is in friendly cooperation with the Southern Baptist Convention. Mm-hmm. Um, just to be clear, the shooter's dad is not listed as a pastor there. I don't mm-hmm. know where that kid was getting that information from. Um, the church has taken down its website, but one of the things people noticed on their Facebook page before it was taken down is that as recently as 2018, they had posted something on Facebook celebrating the shooter saying how he had been baptized and born again and discussing his Christian journey. He filmed a little video talking about how he was born again, and they posted it on their Facebook page saying, look, one of our own just, like, found God. Mm -hmm. And the shooter, now shooter, uh, said at the time, by the grace of God, uh, I'm trying to skip through the junk here, um, I was able to draw the connection. I realized this is a story between what happened with me and God. I ran away living completely for myself, and he still wants me, and so that's when I was saved. Whatever. But he said that in late 2018, Mm -hmm. and now roughly two and a half years later, he's committing horrific crimes based on whatever his motivation was, whether it was anti-Asian hate, whether it was sex. Yeah, whatever excuse they want to give to this guy. Um, But to be clear, as far as I've seen, the church leaders, like the current church leaders, Mm -hmm. they're not hiding the fact that this was a member of their congregation. They say they are working on expunging him from their official list, whatever that means. Cool. Um, That'll bring those people back to life. I know. Um, Like, I don't want to 
I don't want to put unnecessary burden on the pastors of that church who, as far as I've seen, have said everything you would expect them to say Mm -hmm. and like nothing suggesting they're defending anything. They're not pretending he's not one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they seem to be as shocked as everyone else is by the fact that they knew this family and this happened like to their shock. Um, So I don't want to blame the church for what this guy did. I do want to point out that being a part of this church did not stop whatever he was doing, which is a point I think it's worth making, which is don't you don't have to blame the Southern Baptist for what he did, but let's but the Southern being a Southern Baptist and being an involved member of the church community did not stop him. Those two things are not like mutually exclusive. You can be in a religious community mm-hmm. and be a horrible person. And sometimes that line is very clear. Mm-hmm. And in this case, I'm sure there are people who are going to find a reason to try and not make that clear. Right. But like religion is not a virtue. I'm not blaming Southern Baptist for what he did. But it didn't stop him either. And I think like just don't blame a lack of religion when something goes wrong. But you can't pretend like being part of a church would prevent something like this because it's so easy for conservatives to be like this guy needed more God in his life. No, no, no. He had plenty of God. That wasn't the issue. Yeah. And I think a lot of times churches um, sort of present themselves as this place that's like part family, part therapist, part morality instructor. And the reality is like they can't occupy all of those things. Like we like having a church in your community is not a substitution for having like mental health care because they're not that's not their job nor nor should it be. Um, I also want to talk about um, Jay Baker, who's the spokesperson yeah. for the uh, uh, captain. Excuse me, Captain mm-hmm. Jay Baker. So sorry. No longer a, s- a spokesperson, by the way. Oh, you don't say. I wonder why. Yeah. Uh, the let's police department said, we're not going to let him speak for us anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the police department. Um so they're discussing what happened. And as of yet, as of this recording, you know, like, I think we can we can add two and two together and see that this man killed six Asian women and, you know, eight right. people He's total. He went to suspect, but he did confess to doing it. Um, and he went to three different Asian spa locations to to carry out what he was doing. So, like, it's hard to find a way that this wasn't a hate crime against both Asian people and women in general. Um, but Jay, Captain Baker, said yesterday was a really bad day for him, and this is what he did. Which says to me that all men are one bad day away from murdering me. And so when... When men say not all men and they're like, oh, so you think all men are garbage because this one guy did a thing? Well, apparently in this society, it don't take much for you to go from like my buddy or the guy who rides on my bus to my murderer. So like, yeah, keep your fucking distance from me, men in general. And because I can't trust any of you. The police department. Us. The the police department said, "Yeah, this guy's not speaking for us anymore." The I've heard the mayor of Atlanta, which is nearby these locations, say, "Like, look, I'm not defending that guy." Her interpretation of what he said is he was trying to relay what the murderer, accused murderer, said to him, as opposed to justifying it himself. Mm-hmm. But also, it's not like he made anything. It's not like he said, "I'm not." 
I'm just going to quote what he said here so the media knows. I'm not suggesting that's a good answer. No, if you watch the video, the way he said it, it felt very sympathetic toward this is what he said and I want to tell you all like he was having a bad day. Like even if you were quoting him, you could have said like, obviously that's not a justification. He didn't say that, which is why it was such a weird thing and to hear. But apparently, reportedly, he told the police that he was, quote, pretty fed up and, quote, at the end of his rope at the time of his crimes, quote, he made indicators that he had some issues, potentially sexual addiction, and may have frequented in some of these places in the past, um, and that he may have been lashing out, and that he saw those massage parlors as a, quote, temptation for him that he wanted to eliminate. So this is the logical conclusion of telling women if you didn't dress slutty, you wouldn't get raped. Mm-hmm. Like this is men are so deeply unable to control themselves and their penises that some men see their option as I have to murder these women. Otherwise, I'm going to want to fuck them. Like what? Wh- wh- like and, and everybody in this like police force is like, oh, reasonable. I get it, buddy. I can't keep chocolate in the house because I'll eat it all. You can't, like, be near Asian women or you'll fuck them. Kill them all. I get it. My sympathies. I just, it's just. uh, I've seen a lot of conversation from ex-evangelicals online basically saying, I'm not, they don't know, we don't know what the motivation is officially. We've heard this here say, but what they've said is, When you grow up in a church culture, like the one he goes to, that teaches you there's something wrong with sexual temptation, Mm -hmm. that there's something wrong with premarital sex, when there's something wrong with masturbation, when there's something wrong with having those thoughts in general, and you were taught to repress it Mm -hmm. and fight back against it, where you see sex work. And by the way, I don't even know or think that the massage parlor is in question. I think one of the sons of the victims is like, it wasn't that kind of parlor. Like, oh, uh-huh. I don't know what the case is there. So, But the idea that this person would say they were doing something sexual, therefore they needed to be stopped, like you said, as if they're the problem and not him, as if, you know, if he had healthier yeah. ways to deal with his temptations, which churches, evangelical or conservative or Baptist mm-hmm. churches, do not give you that option right? because it's all sin all mm-hmm. the time. Like they, the, the people online were basically saying, like, we see the direct link here. We, the church needs to change how it talks about sex, how it teaches people mm-hmm. about sex, how it blames women mm-hmm. for the sexual thoughts of men. Yeah. And if that's not, like, that would be a valid thing for churches to do in response to this crime, they won't. Well, I also, I'd like to talk about this um, this philosophy that we hear a lot from right-wing Christians of like, what is it if a man looks at a woman with lust, he's already committed adultery in his heart or something right. to, th- to that extent. That's the Old Testament Bible verse right there. Um, did I quote it accurately? Close enough. Good for me. Eh, yep. Um, I think that, like, besides being generally dangerous and putting the onus on women to not, quote-unquote, tempt wi- tempt men by, like, existing and having boobs and stuff, um, the problem is that that sort of makes the act of, like, seeing somebody and thinking they're hot and fucking somebody out of wedlock 
virtually the same, right? Like, mm-hmm. they are both sins, and, like, sometimes they rank sins, but frequently, like, a sin's a sin's a sin. Right. Um, and so... All sins are bad, some are bad. Some, all sins are equal, some are more equal than Right, others. exactly. Some version of that. And so... Maybe if we just teach young men that, like, sometimes you're going to see a person and think they're attractive and, like, that's okay. Even if you're married, even if you're in a relationship, even if you're celibate, it's okay to have thoughts because thought policing is not great. And that way lies madness. And that this is the manifestation of it, right? Like, if he thinks these women are causing him to sin just by merely existing then, yeah, he might as well commit the sin of murder because at least it, like, lowers his sin score because every time he's... It's just... it's just Yeah, the idea that that would be a rational response to sinning because it would... Killing people would stop him from sinning even more. Which, which is hmm. truly wild. So, yeah, it's, it's disappointing. Of course, I, like, was trolling around in, like, the WGN Facebook group and every single person was like, prove! that it's a hate crime and like uh, it's uh, i just i'm really feeling down on humanity this week actually yeah there's there's always reasons Uh uh uh-huh uh-huh thank you let me let me give a shout out uh it's because this is a good time i'll give a (laughs) shout out to our sponsor uh our sponsor is stardust science which was founded by the 15 year old secular activist and author bailey harris uh, when Bailey was younger, she was watching Cosmos on TV, and she heard Neil deGrasse Tyson talk about how the planets and the stars and the galaxies and all of us, we are made from the same star stuff. And she wanted to share that concept with her classmates because she found it so interesting. So she wrote a book called My Name is Stardust. It's a great book. I have copies of it. My kids like it. A new special edition of the book came out recently with a foreword by Richard Dawkins, Beautiful pictures, easy to read, teaches kids about the Big Bang, evolution. It in, meant to inspire a love of science and you, the universe and get a sense of awe. And if you go to stardustscience.com, use Friendly Atheist for 10% off. You could use that for anything uh, or just click on the link in the show notes. I want to bring up, I'm debating which of these stories I want to do just so we don't run out of time. This one struck me as very Weird and surprising. Okay. Um, Bob Jones University is a private Christian school. They don't make the news a lot these days, but this week its president, Steve Pettit, basically, I'm going to paraphrase here. He basically said, listen, you don't hear me talk about political issues very much, but I'm going to use my platform to, to talk about something very important. Mm-hmm. And he was basically denouncing the Equality Act which has passed in the House. It is awaiting debate in the Senate, or it's being debated in the Senate. And what it would do is it would extend civil rights laws to apply to LGBTQ people. Um, That would mean it would prevent anti-LGBTQ discrimination in areas like employment and housing and education. So, of course, conservative Christians are opposed to that because they (laughs) want those people to be discriminated against in all those areas. So here's what Pettit said Um, Under the Equality Act, many religious colleges, such as BJU, yep, that's what they are, um, that participate in federal grant programs would be forced to adopt sexual orientation and gender identity ideology or else lose the federal grants currently available to their students. That's not necessarily true. Like Mm -hmm. some private organizations and religious organizations that get money, they may still be able to like 
uphold their faith statements. Like mm-hmm. if you get money for your private school, you can still hire people and say you got to sign a faith statement. Mm-hmm. But if you are saying we're going to run a hospital that operates on taxpayer money, mm-hmm. um, also we discriminate against trans people. We don't do any certain we won't do this operation for trans people even though we do it to other people like they can discriminate as it stands that's what Mm -hmm. we're trying to stop Mm -hmm. uh this guy is saying under the equality at christian colleges would be forced to hire professors and accept students who are unwilling to abide by biblical sexual standards which one is not true and two how is that your thing that you like who cares about trans people being kicked out of their house yeah but I got to police your sex life. So anyway, he's exaggerating how the Equality Act would affect Christian schools. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't. They wanted explicitly said, if you're religious, we're not even going to touch you, basically. (laughs) But the thing that was amazing, because what he said is not weird in the conservative uh, marketplace of whatever you would call ideas. (laughs) Um, I've heard plenty of religious organizations saying exactly what he's saying. But coming from Bob Jones University, this is especially weird because this is the school that was famous for not accepting black students until the 70s. Oh, Jesus. They banned interracial dating until 2000. And that's only because uh, George W. Bush decided to make a campaign stop there and everyone's like, Dude, George, you can't campaign there. They have, an interracial, <laughs> they have an interracial dating ban. Like, I don't want, we don't want that to come off on you. Yeah. And the school's like, all yeah, right, we fine. Hate George well, W. Bush to look like an idiot. <laughs> the school decided to get rid of its interracial dating ban only after that controversy. Um, and by the way, they refused to observe Martin Luther King Jr. Day as a holiday until uh, guess when? Guess tell when? Me, tell me. Twenty seventeen. <laughs> so the wait, school, wait, stop. Yeah, what yeah. made them change their mind? <laughs> like, what was the tipping point? What happened in twenty seventeen? Uh, I think ultimately, even the students at BJU are like. <laughs> this, this is not something even we can defend, and we're horrible people. <laughs> it's and, weird they said it. I can't believe they acknowledged I'm it. I'm pretty sure that was the press release. <laughs> but like the school that is known for only one thing, which is being against civil rights when it's long overdue, right? just came out with a statement saying, we would like you to know we oppose civil rights. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, dude, we know. In case you forgot, we're still pretty terrible. Don't forget, guys, we want to stay on that front page. <laughs> um, this happened in Montana this week. Ooh, and my stomping grounds. Yeah, they have a moment of silence bill for public schools, which is stupid, but it's probably not illegal. They can get away with it. Here's, uh, here's what, what they... I don't understand small government and then, hey, let's focus on whether people can talk at a certain time or yeah, not. This is very policing. stupid. As yeah. it stands, if you are in, I believe, grade 7 through 12, you have to say the pledge once a week. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. What this new law... Do you have effect- a punch card? <laughs> yes. What HB 543 would do in Montana is it would force all K through 12 students, even the older ones, to say the pledge every day, and then it would allow districts to follow the pledge with a moment of silence, for which what? for that, for no reason, that's it. Um, have a moment of silence to just stand there and not learn. That's what they do in Montana. 
Um, it's stupid. It's a waste of time. Yeah. But it's probably not illegal because you're allowed to just waste kids' time. But here's what I found interesting. There's a, an amendment to the bill added by a Republican representative named Scott Kearns that says it would add one line to the bill. Um, right now it says the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag of the United States of America must be recited in all public schools of the state and may be followed by a moment of silence. The amendment would add this line. This may include a moment of silent prayer. Okay, thank you for giving me permission to pray inside my own noggin while everyone else is being quiet. Yeah, thank they had you. to specify how someone could be silent. You also could practice reciting all the digits of pi. You could. You could not- see if you can name all the precedents in order. You could try to name the alphabet backwards. But you here's can- the thing. They did not say any of those things, but they did say one thing you could do mm. is pray. Oh, I know. I had this wink, moment wink. of silence. I might pray, but you just you do whatever you want. This is just my crazy it's- thoughts. Here's the thing. You could take out that line about prayer. Mm. That this may include a moment of silent prayer. You could take that out. It would still not change a thing because when you say you can have a moment of silence, it's implied that you yeah. can do whatever you want during it. So anyway, during the uh, House debate over this bill this week in Montana, uh, someone asked the sponsor of the bill, whose name is Bob Phelan, they basically said, why are we doing this amendment And he could have just said, I don't know, it's not mine. Like, do what you want. We don't need it. Uh He did not say that. Here's some of what he said. And there is video, which we will link in the show notes. Well, I think it was 50 years ago they, they took God out of school. Maybe it's not quite 50, but close. But anyway, you could see what kind of hell our country is going through right now. Dot, dot, dot. I just think it's time to get God back in school in some form or fashion. Dot, 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 I was asked where I got this idea, and it was listening to the David Barton and Rick Green series. That motherfucker. (laughs) That motherfucker. I hate David Barton. Not only did he quote a Christian pseudo-historian, he basically admitted, we just want to push Jesus into schools. Like, that's why we're doing that. Like, dude, you're not supposed to say that. So if anyone wants to sue the state of Montana, if they pass this bill, and someone's going to say, the wording of the bill does not specify you have to pray to Jesus, we can just quote the sponsor of the bill during a public committee hearing who said, this is totally about getting God, my God, back in school. Like, what are you doing? And I really like his proposition that, like, yeah, 50 years ago, our schools went to shit before that. It was (laughs) paradise. Like, LOL, you had to send the SWAT team in so a little black girl could go to school. So, like, maybe let's not hearken back too fondly on those days. Back to when schools were segregated. Things were great. (laughs) And then atheists came along. And by the way, they did not take God out of schools. They took forced Bible readings out Mm -hmm. of schools and said, you could just do this on your own time. Mm-hmm. You could still pray. You could still bring a Bible to school. No one. Ha- you could still have Bible clubs after school. No one is stopping you. And that somehow became shorthand in conservative Christian bizarro world too. They took God out of school. That's not what happened. Anyway, that's happening in Montana. That I don't know if that amendment will go through, but if it does, mm-hmm. a lot of church state lawyers are going to be very excited. They'll have some work in front of them. Um, in Florida, here's another bill. Unnecessary, 
but it's happening. Let me give you some backstory before I tell you what's going on now. A couple of years ago, there was a state, uh, the state football championship. And any state that has a big football, high school football scene knows that you can't pit like the biggest schools in the state, which have the cream of the crop in terms of athletes to choose from, Mm -hmm. against tiny schools that kind of take everyone on who wants to play for the team. Mm -hmm. So they separate them into like, you know, small school divisions, middle school, middle size school divisions. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, one of the lower divisions in Florida a couple years ago happened to involve two small private Christian schools. They were allowed to be part of the public school like tournament because that's fine. That all states do something like this. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they made it to the Class 2A football playoffs, they made it to the championship game, these two private Christian schools. Mm-hmm. But before the game, one of the school's administrators said, hey, since we're playing in this football stadium where all these people are watching because it's the state championship for our division, can we say a prayer over the public address system? Mm-hmm. And the Florida High School Athletic Association said, you can't do that. This is a state-run event. Mm. It is televised. It's a public facility. J- just because you are two Christian schools does not negate any of that. Right. So you can't do it. So the schools eventually filed a lawsuit. Oh, good. This has been going on for years. And basically, a judge tossed out the case in 2017 because, of course, what they wanted was illegal. What? And then... What in 20, the, what, on what yeah. basis were they suing? Like what? Who they said the, you're discriminating against our faith by not letting us hijack the public school system, I oh, guess. And people. in 2019, an appellate court reversed part of the ruling, saying there's some merit on the case and you got to judge it on some legal technicality. And it's actually still in the courts, on the lo- in the lower court's hands to deal with it. Whatever. That's where this is all coming from. Okay. So here's the law that... Um, is being sponsored in the state of Florida by state reps Webster Barnaby and Clay Yarborough. It's HB 1027, if anyone is interested. And what it would say is any school participating in a high school championship contest, basically the playoffs of any high school state competitive athletic team, uh-huh. um, students at those schools, each school, would have, quote, the opportunity to make brief opening remarks if requested by the school using the public address system at the event. Such remarks may not be longer than two minutes per school. The Athletic Association may not control, monitor, or review the content of the remarks, dot, dot, dot. And the stakes could not be lower. (laughs) What the fuck is going on? So here's what it means in theory. Let's say there's a playoff basketball game. If the schools want to do it, they can take over the PA system for up to two minutes and say whatever they want, which just to be clear, there's nothing in this bill that would stop a student getting to the loudspeaker and saying, hello, Jews, Muslims, atheists, I just want you to know you are going to hell Mm -hmm. unless you accept Jesus Christ. There's nothing stopping a Satanist from declaring welcome to hell, everybody. I don't know. I don't know what they would do because they wouldn't do shit like this. You could have a Muslim student leading the crowd in prayer to Allah and get all the backlash that would come with it. But like, again, that wouldn't happen. They could also say, hey, gay people, you're going to burn in hell. There's nothing stopping it if this bill passes. And here's what they would do to make it neutral on the surface. The schools would say, we didn't say prayer in this bill. We just said you could say whatever you want. We would never say prayer. We but hate of course, praying. In, in 
the schools that would do something like this, they might say, we're going to have a vote. Who on our team should represent the team and speak? And they would elect the Christian because it's a popularity contest. Uh-huh. And the Christian could get there and say a prayer to Jesus and imply that everyone else is going to hell for eternity. They could do that. That's what this bill is meant to allow them to do. Right. But think of the problems it would create. Because we all know this is not about like generic, inclusive prayers. No. Um, they basically want to hijack this for conservative Christian schools to tell everyone Jesus or burn. Well, I mean, in my day, we knew that you should not allow any teenagers to be on any public speaking implements. <laughs> Ever, because they'll inevitably yell Baba Booey or, like, penis or something like that. Because yes. teenagers are idiots. This bill would allow that. But, like... And give them the opportunity to do that. Who is going to a high school football game and, like, drinking their cocoa and whatever? Because, like, I don't know, when I, when you were in high school, did you go to... Did you participate in sporting things? Like, did you go to, I, like, I homecoming football in games? in the band for a year. Does that yeah, count? You played an instrument? No, no, I really didn't. Wait, what did you? But play? I was in band. What did you? Why were you in band? Uh, I played play? trumpet for like a year. I played trumpet for like four it's years. The coolest one. And then it I'm is. like, what am I doing? And then I stopped. Yeah, I didn't even make it up to high school. I hated it so much. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but like, I was a singer anyway. Um, who is going? So I used to go to like my high school football games, my college football games. Like the last thing I want to do when I'm like you know, wearing my, like, Hinsdale South shirt or my Ball State hoodie or whatever is, like, hear somebody on those fucking terrible sound speakers just, like, hello, everybody, I want to thank you. I want to thank God. Like, nobody's going to be able to understand you. Nobody's going to listen to you. What exactly are we trying to accomplish? Have you ever wanted, like, have you, Hemet, you are a high school speech teacher, do you want to hear more children speaking more frequently or it's, less frequently? It's it's all I want at all times. <laughs> like, I just don't. But again, there's nothing stopping the athletes from praying before a game on their own. There's nothing stopping the crowd that comes to see the game from praying on their own. They could all do it on the drive to the school. Like, this isn't about that. This is about performa- uh, yes. performative prayer that's all this is about like we want to make sure everyone knows we're christian here um that's what they want to do by the way there's a bible verse that says when you pray do it in silence yeah uh they they no doesn't matter again this is florida this bill could could Mm. be passed i should say last year a very similar bill was passed by the florida house and it went to the state senate and then covid happened and i think that's the reason they just this bill died right but now they're trying it again. It looks like it's going to pass. It's totally unnecessary. Here's the thing: like, even though it's, even though it's on the surface neutral, it would just create so many problems, and no one who's sponsoring it seems to care about those problems because you're just going to create reasons for lawsuits, not for this bill, mm-hmm. but for what's going to happen when you just allow... What happens when like a Muslim student's like, I wanted to speak, I wasn't allowed to, my school wouldn't let me. Mm-hmm. They didn't have a neutral ground. Like It's just pointless for something that's not even a problem to begin with. But right. hey, there's Florida Republicans for you. Ay, ay, ay. Uh, I have, I think, one more that I just have to get to before I'm done with my list of stuff here, which is that in West Virginia, 
There was a YouTuber, uh, his name is Owen, he goes by the username Telltale. Um, he posted this this week, and I found it interesting. His daughter went goes to a public school in West Virginia, a middle school, and she recorded her health teacher in class, which always, like, you know, that's not going to... Right. Because there's got to be a reason for that. And this is a health class, and the teacher basically said in a three-minute clip that was posted online, she doesn't believe in same-sex relationships. She said, if you're brought up with morals and values, then God's going to be there to help you make better decisions, speaking of gay people. Mm. Uh, she said that she no, like she kind of implied, like, I'm not supposed to be telling you this, but I'm gonna, like, suggesting she knows she's not supposed to be doing this. Um she also what was the other thing she said god would help you make better decisions about how to handle your hormones basically oh and she also said when should you have sex answer after marriage Mm -hmm. like all this stuff that you should not cannot say in a public school classroom she said it um the the video was posted online the audio i should say was posted online it bleeped out the teacher's name because the goal here is not to harass the teacher it's to get the school to do something about it. And the Freedom From Religion Foundation sent a letter to the superintendent of the schools with the audio saying this is absolutely crossing every line. Mm-hmm. The uh, FFRF said this health teacher's religious screed is both shockingly unlawful and ethically impermissible. <laughs> um, and the question is, like, this is caught on audio now. Right. How long has she been doing this and gotten away with it because students did not have the wherewithal to say, I know you shouldn't be doing this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to record you doing right. it. And I know who to give it to so this can get exposed and stopped. It take, Not a lot of students know how to do all of that. And now it happened. Uh, well, we're waiting for a response. But the question is, like, how long has this teacher been using her... And a health school teacher. Right. Like a health class teacher. That's where the one place where religion really could make a big bad difference. But she's been apparently doing this for who knows how long. Mm. I, Good for the student. Yeah. We'll see that's what That's really brave. Yeah. Um, you said that's the end of your list? I have more, but we'll see. Okay. Um, I would like to first talk. I actually wish I brought this up earlier because um, Senator Lindsey Graham... Um, is real excited to remind us that he's homophobic as fuck. Um, so we talked a little bit about... Or did we, Not the, Lady G. I know. Can you believe it? Uh, so the Equality Act passed through Congress, and now it has to pass through the Senate. Um, and Passed through the House, yeah. Yes, thank you. Um, anyway, so... Essentially, so there's a reason that we all have been recently talking a lot about getting rid of the filibuster, and the problem is this. The the uh, Senate currently has a majority that we have 50 Democratic senators with, uh, you know, plus the vice presidency gives us a majority. But Lindsey Graham is real fucking mad about it, and he does not want this Equality Act to become law. So he said, he's so he wants to filibuster it. Even though he does not have the majority, he thinks that his opinion is more important than the majority of voters, which, fine, Lindsey, do what you need to do. He said that he will filibuster until I fell over to make sure the Equality Act doesn't become law, destroying the difference between men and women. What mm-hmm. does that when you hear destroying the difference between men and women, what does that mean to you? Um, just mass genocide everywhere. Oh, shit. Okay. I was just thinking gender neutral bathrooms, but 
Yeah, uh, that's in sports. Conservatives oh, sport. never cared about sports. They will just like make fun of the WNBA. Uh-huh. But when they saw it as a chance to like lash out against trans women, they're like, oh my God, we need to protect women's sports. Yeah, they're always very concerned about like high school girls basketball championships or whatever. Yeah. Like you'll never like suddenly Tucker Carlson, that's his I care about high school girls sports. That's my yeah. only thing that I care about now. Which, meanwhile, I'm curious what they had to say about Title IX when it came out, which made sure that there were opportunities for female athletes. And they're uh, against the Equal Rights Amendment now. Yeah, they're so, yeah, assholes. like they, the one change to the filibuster Joe Manchin suggested he might be open to doing is like, okay, make them stand and talk. Don't just let them just sign a paper and say, right. I'm filibustering. And Lindsey Graham's like, I'm going to talk until I fall over. You know what? Good. Talk at until least, you die for all I care. At least make them fall over. Mm-hmm. Um, good. Make them suffer for wanting to filibuster. Because, again, it's one thing when you're filibustering, like, civil rights legislation. But they're going to filibuster, like, what? Give people payments for things? Or name your cause? What? Gay people want to get married? Like, if, uh, if Democrats are smart, they will start in the Senate pass trying to pass very easy but controversial partisan legislation Mm -hmm. but really simple stuff that like everyone likes yeah and you know um i think i heard uh, adam gentleson who's been a big filibuster writer recently um and knows about this stuff saying forget the infrastructure act that i know biden wants to pass and has the votes to pass don't do that send some easy stuff to the senate and let Republicans filibuster it down so this becomes an issue now mm-hmm. and force like Manchin and Kirsten Cinema to stop being idiots about this. But like, unless the pressure is there, mm-hmm. like it's not going to happen. Remember, I was thinking about this, like when it came to marriage equality, first there was obviously public support changed and became in favor of it. Then Joe Biden accidentally, I think, came out and said he supported it. Then shortly after Barack Obama said, yeah, I'm fine with like marriage equality. Right. And then the Supreme Court said it was legal. Like, There's a lot of dominoes that had to fall, and it took way too long if you're waiting for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing that's happening is like, Everyone knows the filibuster is an issue that needs to be dealt with. Democrats know that. Joe Biden, weirdly, knows that. And it's like, again, I I will be open about saying I didn't, we, both of us, did not support him in the primaries. Uh-uh. But man, he's been so much better than yeah. I thought he was going to be. And on this issue of, like many others, like he knows the progressive position on this is the right one, mm-hmm. which is get rid of the filibuster. It's nothing but a thing to keep racist legislation intact. Right. And so he's like, no, we need to change it. Chuck Schumer is like, yeah, we need to change it. We will change it. Then they're like, how are you going to do it? And then he changes the subject. <laughs> like He knows that it has to change. But the question is, how do you get the two idiot Democrats to do the same thing? Right. And the, question, the thing is, well, you show them. You give them clear evidence. Republicans are not your friends on anything. Yeah. They're going to vote down sensible things. You will not be able to pass anything. And you make it hurt mm-hmm. for them mm-hmm. and Democrats in general. And just get the public pressure going. And it looks like... The pressure is coming. Like, everyone knows that if you get to next year, this time next year, when campaigns start heating up Mm -hmm. and gerrymandering kicks into high gear for those state seats and Congress could change hands Mm -hmm. and you got nothing to show for it, it's going to be too late. It's not too late yet, but 
there's a limited window when you can get a ton of shit passed. And if the filibuster doesn't fall, like, good. I mean, Democrats need to realize that. So you know what? If you can change the rules a little bit to make uh, Republicans have to stand and literally filibuster Mm -hmm. and Lindsey Graham falls over and Mm -hmm. Mitch McConnell's like, what? This is crazy. Good. Mm -hmm. Make them do it. Make them. Mitch McConnell ends up on his back on his little shell and he can't get up and he's like, help me. And everyone's laughing at him. Um, Can I pitch a very funny uh, comedy skit idea that I just came up with? I'm listening. Somebody re-edits Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Yes. But instead of that big climactic scene where he's filibustering and sweating and it's so inspiring, he just like signs a sheet of paper that says he's going to filibuster and that's the end of the movie. I I think that would be very funny if anyone wants to get Educational too, yes. I'm going to give you all that idea for free. (laughs) Get at me, SNL. Um, last thing I wanted to talk about today is um, it's. It, I'm hoping that this ends up being kind of a nothing burger, but right now there's a bit of a trend. Um, have you heard the expression "super straight"? I had not heard it until you like sent me a link about it. Okay, so I had heard it kind of bopping around on a few like, you know, pro inclusion groups that I'm in. Um, essentially. The long and short of it is it is a uh, like a dog whistly kind of way to be transphobic. Um, Essentially, some dude was really upset. Okay, so you know how for like, say, straight white guys, the worst thing that can happen to you is somebody calls you racist or transphobic or sexist. You know how nothing worse can happen to a human man? Well... This guy was real tired of saying that he was transphobic because he said he was straight and did not think that trans women were women. And it's very important to him that you know that he is not interested in dating trans women. Okay, Hemet? Just fucking let him tell you that. How is he going to tell me that? Well, he uh, was really tired of being called transphobic because he was being transphobic. So he invented an expression called super straight. Now, he said, um, I'm just going to quote him. What is this stupid idiot's name? Uh, TikToker Kyle Royce. He said, quote, I've made a new sexuality. Straight men get called transphobic because I wouldn't date a trans woman. Now I'm super straight. I only date the opposite gender. Women that are born women. So you can't say I'm transphobic now because that's just my sexuality. And now they're doing this thing of like, oh, we need to add LGBTQ plus S because super straight is just as valid (laughs) a sexual identity as being straight or bi or pansexual or whatever. Like, it's, it's so dumb on its face because I don't... Like, when a guy says... Like, if a, if a man says, I'm gay, it generally means I prefer to date men. It doesn't mean I do not date women. Like, you don't identify your sexuality by exclusion. Or I don't, anyway. I don't say, oh, I don't date women. I say I generally date men, and I have not dated a woman. But it, it would just be, like, it, it's so dumb on its face. But, of course, it's picking up steam. Um he said that he never meant to be hateful toward anyone, uh-huh, uh-huh. but of course has caught fire on like 4chan. Uh-huh. Um, 
it's just and so now they're like trying to make it spread they're saying that you're only like it's a they have a twitter handle supa underscore straight str8 so uh slim pickings on the uh, twitter handle market i guess <laughs> um but he said do you know super straight women are murdered at an at, oh somebody said that that's a goof anyway it's very dumb and it's just literally made to exclude trans so people. What's the next step here where they're like, I only date this color women and between these heights and oh I God. exclude everyone else because I'm super, I don't know, boring. What? Yeah, I, it's so like if I said um, I date men, I do not date black men. You would <laughs> rightly call me a racist because that is a racist thing to say because I am excluding an entire group of people from a potential mate or friend or whatever just because of the color of their skin. Now, similarly, if I said I only date I only date men versus I do not date trans men, that is excluding trans people and it's fucked up and honestly is it that big is it that big an issue in your life that you're constantly talking about how you would never date a trans person so much so that you've been called transphobic so much so that you had to invent a sexuality i have an idea maybe just date the people you want to date and don't make lists of people you would never date it's just have you ever seen like tinder profiles of like some like fucking nothing nothing burger of a human dude who's like no single mothers no fatties <laughs> no poor people must have a job and like i am rightly gonna call you a dick because that's a shitty thing to say you won't date somebody because they're slightly overweight like go fuck yourself and you're gonna have to because nobody's gonna want to date you anyway that's all i had great yeah makes you proud to be a straight person huh hammett so we're much. really <laughs> contributing a lot to the world lately. I think uh, there's no problems from here on out for the straight sissets. <laughs> we all have our flaws. <laughs> hey, where do we find you? Oh, goodness. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Jess Bloomke, Um And uh, my Etsy shop is Bitches Get Stitched Done. You can also tune into uh, Cooper Duper Podcast, which is a show I do with my husband about Twin Peaks. Also, in mm, 40 minutes, I am going to be guesting on an episode of uh, God Awful Movies, which is a podcast that um, does, they make fun of bad Christian movies. And boy, oh boy, this one was a doozy. I'm very excited. What, I you, what did you watch? We watched a movie called The God Question. And I'm going to tell you right now, Hammond, I watched it twice, and I do not know what the plot was. So it and it's free on Amazon I, Prime if you want to watch it. It is obviously less than ninety minutes. So I could guess the plot. Tell me, uh, something cause something come to Jesus. Uh, no, it's about a supercomputer that they're trying to get what? to solve the question of whether or not God exists, and oh. then and then for an hour and fifteen minutes, nothing happens. <laughs> <laughs> So um, that should be, I, like I said, I haven't recorded it. I think it should be out next week-ish as you're listening to this. Um, so so yeah, where can we find you, Hammett? I am at FriendlyAtheist.com. Go to YouTube, search Friendly Atheist if you want. Go to Patreon.com slash Friendly Atheist Podcast to support the show. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm uh, so I'm officially fully vaccinated. Woo! 
Um, thank you. Uh, I'm very brave. And uh, I'm going up to visit my folks for the first time in quite some oh, time. Um, and I am going to be re- uh, recording an interview with my dad, who is a like your classic straight white guy boomer. Um, about how he went from a Republican in uh, the Obama years to a Democrat in the Trump and post-Trump years, um, and kind of about sort of the culture surrounding uh, old white guys, I guess. Um, so I'm excited about that. If you have any questions or um, or anything that you want to get at us, I'm going to be doing it uh, when uh, Saturday afternoon, probably, so you can just tweet at me before then. Um, and that's all I have. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.